SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint on SAFM. It's uh, eight minutes past eight on uh, SAFM 104-107 Nationwide. Uh, welcome to The Viewpoint. My name is Homozo K.G. Mwekezi. It's the fifth of the fifth month, 2021. So uh, it's uh, time for us to uh, have conversations, lead the conversations and have you uh, join the conversation. So we're going to talk in a short while about sustainable public procurement. Uh, you know, South Africa spends uh, the the procurement spend accounts for about 20% of our gross domestic product and 30% of national, provincial and local budgets and public procurement wields enormous purchasing power and uh, we are going to uh, talk about what this purchasing power is, how critical it is to achieving the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development specifically goal number 12 which targets sustainable consumption and production patterns. That's now at about 10 past Eight, and we'll have a conversation with uh, Chris, uh, Christelle Marias, uh, who is uh, sustainability lead at IQ Business. And later on at half past uh, eight, uh, Money Smart Week South Africa 2021, we're going to have a conversation about the important financial decisions that you need to make where insurance is concerned. They call it the grudge purchase. So if you're forced to make that grudge purchase, what information do you need? to know. We'll talk to Solani Baloi, who is RAND Regional Manager at the Financial Intermediaries Association of South Africa. And later on on the show, we talk the reintegration of employees back into office spaces, particularly those who work in open plan seatings. And you're saying, you're thinking, is it something that people are even thinking about? It looks like it. I worry uh, about it, especially uh, for us here in where they're saying we need to be extra careful uh, because, you know, uh, COVID-19 is still here and worries of uh, level three, uh, not level three, of uh, the third wave, sorry, uh, coming along uh, are very high. But uh, let's start here at 10 past eight. The public procurement spend of our country accounts for 20% of our gross domestic product and 30% of our national, provincial and local budgets. Public uh, procurement wields enormous purchasing power, accounting for up to 30% of the GDP in many developed economies. This purchasing power is critical in achieving the 2030 Agenda for the Sustainable Development Goals, specifically Goal Number 12, which targets sustainable consumption and production patterns. We are wanting to talk more about this with Christelle Marais, Sustainability Lead at IQ Business, and she is one of the, she is of the view, I'm sorry, that if the South African public sector wants to address climate change and create equitable societies, they need to lead by example. Christelle, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Good evening and thank you so much for inviting me. So how can governments, and this obviously includes the South African government, how can governments around the world support goal number 12 through sustainable public procurement? 
So I, I think we should perhaps firstly just look at what exactly sustainable procurement entails. And um, I think to kind of almost give it in layman's terms, it basically requires any procurement practitioner or buying organizations to include more than just financial factors when making sourcing and buying decisions. And that means that they need to look at social impacts, for example, looking at human rights, um, inclusion of, of small-scale suppliers, localization within their purchasing decisions, as well as environmental factors, for example, reducing waste, um, greenhouse gas emissions, um, and water withdrawals. So is SPP not generally associated, you know, with, with purchasing environmentally friendly products or just a green procurement, if you may? Absolutely, and I think that is basically where where it it comes from. But interestingly enough, sustainable procurement can be tracked back to the 19th century, where it was actually used to tackle social justice issues and fair labour conditions. And we've then seen a change, I think, with with the, I want to almost say the climate um, movement, where it became much more focused on green procurement. A recent trend has, however, been looking more at at um, human rights practices within in um, supply chains, and also looking at um, reducing poverty and um, inequality. But you know what? It's quite interesting. South Africa has actually been taking a lead in terms of I want to say the social pillar of sustainable procurement. Mm. Very much. I mean, if you look at the um, the constitution, which basically underpins public procurement. They say that procurement systems must be fair, equitable, transparent, competitive, and cost-effective. But they also provide um, for preference and allocation of contracts, uh, such as we know with Triple B E. So, just with the implementation of that, it has already kind of put us, I want to say, almost globally in the lead in terms of the social pillar of um, sustainable procurement. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you want to join the conversation, you can call us on the number 011-714-2006 or you can WhatsApp a voice note to us on the number 061-410-4107 uh, or talk to us on Twitter on at SAFM Radio. I'm at KG Mwekezi. We are in conversation about sustainable public procurement uh, with Christelle Marais and our focus really is to make sure that... Uh, uh, for the sustainable development goals, specifically goal number 12, uh, is the target of sustainable consumption and production patterns is met. The social factors, Christelle, that uh, buying organizations are increasingly integrating, what are those? Well, again, a preferential procurement is key as well as localization. And, and localization is, is a global trend that we're seeing. Specifically with the onset of COVID-19, um, when we started seeing that, you know, supply chains of global um, borders closing, there's a lot more focus on actually local sourcing and also supporting local businesses. But also to that end, um, we're seeing a lot more focus on actually improving labor practices and, and human rights uh, criteria as well. So looking at the ILO convention and international recognized best practices, Things like child labor, wages, um, working hours, etc. Um, and just another interesting thing, and I think why there's so much emphasis and focus on sustainable procurement, it's estimated that about 50 to 70% of an organization's sustainability footprint actually sits within the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And there's much more recognition that procurement as key decision makers have a, a cr- crucial role to play in actually addressing that. And then also with the sustainable development goals, specifically goal 12, it actually sets specific targets um, to promote public procurement practices that's more sustainable. 
and it's actually recognized as a key enabler to achieve most of the sustainable development goals and, and it's seen as the most cost-efficient and effective way to achieve economic development and reduce environmental and social impact purely because supply chains and buying and sourcing decisions is so integrated with every part of our daily lives within business, public and private sector. But has COVID-19 also to some extent interfered with the goals that had been set? Because I suppose in many ways COVID-19 got here, got all of us by surprise and uh, we all had to readapt in many ways uh, to survive it. Uh, but then, you know, uh, those priorities of goal number 12, were they in any way interfered with by COVID? Well, I, I think the, the answer is almost a yes and a no. I think yes in terms of, I think, almost creating the or, or re- reconfirming the importance of sustainable procurement, mm. specifically because it, it caused major disruption. I think a lot of supply chains and procurement practitioners weren't at all kind of including some the disruption like that as part of the, the risk mitigation strategies at all. So it definitely have kind of, yeah, increased the focus on that. And similarly, I think it's also kind of raised the awareness that procurement needs to, you know, focus on more than just financial and cost implications. It needs to actually focus on contingency of supply, which has social and environmental factors as well. Um, for exa- example, climate change has massive implications on the agricultural sector. So if you've got huge droughts or, or, or rain, you know, it will impact your, your produce, which will basically impact your um, supply. Um, and similarly, things like understanding that, you know, you're dealing with different contexts in, in your supply chain. For example, certain countries in Africa, they actually close their schools during the harvesting season in the agricultural um, sector. And, you know, for most countries that, that import those goods, that is seen as child labor and, and not acceptable. So I think it's definitely kind of highlighted the complexity of, 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 of doing global supply chains. But definitely, I think there has been a, a period within the COVID-19 pandemic where the, the focus has been just, I think, on on, on risk mitigation and not necessarily forward focused on, on value creation. How open are, are, are corporates around the world in South Africa to the idea of uh, sustainable uh, public procurement? Because I suppose government in many ways can impose some rules, but those rules still have to trigger down uh, to corporate environments around the world who are driven primarily and most times around profits. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that there is really momentum being gained within the, the, the private sector for sustainable procurement mostly in developed economies. Um, so in, in, in some aspects, they have already gone beyond where the, the public sector is at this stage, um, where you, you've got organizations that implement their own, I want to almost say, green procurement specifications, uh, requirements for suppliers in terms of human rights, um, etc. But the um, public sector has a huge role to play, and I mean specifically to create that market um, demand and ensure that we actually you know, to, to help guide um, specifications, to put the right policy and frameworks in place to actually enable the, the, the private sector to follow suit. Mm. So is South Africa leveraging then on uh, public procurement to bring social change through preferential procurement? Absolutely, and I think that has been something that has been on, on the horizon with the focus for quite a substantial amount of time now. But it's also interesting to see there has been huge movement within also, I want to say, green procurement, which is more, um, you know, your greenhouse gas emissions, waste, 
etc. Um, I mean, the Western Cape is actually leading this, and they've established the Smart Procurement Program to provide some strategic support to provincial and local governance to implement sustainable procurement practices. Um, and we've seen the Limpopo Provincial Government, they already published a Green Economy Plan in, in June of 2013. The Hauteng Government has followed suit. And even just in terms of how there's been momentum, um, there's several South African metropolitan municipalities that have actually showed their commitment for sustainable public procurement by launching the Procura Plus Africa Network in 2019. And that's in collaboration with the South African Local Government Association and also the ICLEA Africa. So it seems like um, the, the purpose is there, but it's just to put that purpose into action. And I think that's where, where it becomes quite challenging. Yeah. What do we need, the, what do we need to do, though, uh, to push that purpose into action? I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we don't need to get to a point where there's emergencies that force us to put that purpose into action. But how do we nudge corporates, governments uh, to put that purpose into action? Absolutely, and that's a good question. And I think that's something that South Africa, we haven't been so good at it. And I think the first one is consumer advocacy. And the fact that consumers need, they need to be raised awareness and a raised demand that, you know, kind of procurement practices look at more sustainable um, factors as well. And then also, I think there's a huge need for uh, upskilling and, and professionalizing professionalizing the procurement practice. And I mean, if you look at standard procurement, it actually asks for a wide variety of subject matter experts to actually come together to define supplier requirements, but also product specifications to make it more environmentally and, and, and socially friendly. And then also there is a huge need for actually, um, I want to almost say green um, products and services. Mm. Um, And again, it's it's that supply demand challenge or uh, or the chicken and the egg question is is what should come first? Should should be the demand for it or the supply for it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, some of the things, that, what are some of the things that still hamper uh, su- sustainable public procurement, uh, despite all of the commitments that have been made? And before you answer that, by the way, the lines are open for you if okay. you want to, uh, this is for our listeners, uh, Christelle, uh, for you if you want to join our conversation on zero double one seven one four two zero zero six. if uh, perhaps you work for a company uh, that is pushing SPP, Sustainable public procurement and is green in many ways, uh, call us and tell us the kinds of things that uh, you are doing in your company. You never know who you might inspire. Also, you can WhatsApp us on 061-410-4107. VN rules, uh, 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 please. And and uh, we'll take a quick commercial break and continue this conversation with Christelle Marais, who is Sustainability Lead at IQ Business. We're talking sustainable public procurement on SAFM. Bring conventional wisdom on its head. The Viewpoint on SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 24 minutes past eight. Uh, you're listening to The Viewpoint on SAFM. My name is KG Mwegezi. Uh In case you just joined us, we're talking sustainable public procurement uh, because South Africa's public procurement uh, spend accounts for 20% of our gross domestic product and 30% of our national, provincial and local budgets. And uh, public procurement wields enormous purchasing power, uh, accounting for up to 30% of uh, GDP in most 
most developing economies. And this purchasing power is critical in achieving the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development Goals. Specifically, uh, we're talking today around goal number 12, which targets sustainable consumption and sustainable production patterns. Uh, and uh, we are in conversation about it with uh, Christelle Marais, who is Sustainability Lead uh, at IQ Business. And she is uh, of the view that if our public sector wants to address climate change and create equitable societies, they need to lead by example. How far are we, by the way, in leading by example, if I can go there, Christelle? Well, I think the big challenge is we have actually kind of set some, you know, key policies in place, as I mentioned earlier. And, and what we've done is, I mean, sustainable procurement has huge potential in actually addressing some of the way, wide range of national policy objectives. Mm. And for us in South Africa, it, it speaks to the National Climate Change Bill as well as the National Climate Change Adaptation Strategy, which looks at reducing the, the impact of climate change. Um, and then also, again, our, our um, triple BE framework that looks at how do we actually support um, enterprises and, and small-scale suppliers as well. So we, we do seem to have the, the right mechanisms in place, but I think there's still huge potential in actually, um, you know, looking at different policy vehicles to drive sustainable procurement, actually defining sustainability criteria, so what are the product and service specifications, technical, functional, and performance, and then also, how do we incorporate that within procurement processes? So, including sustainability criteria in all stages of the procurement process, from your supplier selection, specifications, evaluations of suppliers, warding contracts, and, and auditing um, and improving of supplier performance. I've, I've so, go, okay, go on. No, no. And, and then also, the when you do ongoing contract management, how do you ensure that that is the ongoing conversation that you have with your suppliers? Yeah. I've got a tweet here. Somebody uh, uh, just tweeted me to ask you. Uh, his name is Noel. Uh, and he's asking, when will retailers discontinue single-use plastics? And what is the role of extended producer responsibility? Thank you, Noel. That's a very good question. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, I had a conversation with a retailer recently with the sustainability department. And one of the key challenges that he was said is there's always conflict between, for example, marketing and your sustainability teams. And he was kind of relaying of how challenging it was to ensure that they can actually get recyclable material within their shops. Um, and he said at one stage he decided, you know, they had to actually indicate on the packaging that it was non-recyclable goods. Mm. The moment they started doing that, again, consumers started actually phoning and saying, why can't we recycle your your, your products? So, again, it, it comes to the point of uh, consumer advocacy and consumer need and demand that I will definitely push, I think, retailers um, to look at more recyclable uh, product packaging. And I do think if there's more pressure for, for retailers to go back to source in terms of, um, you know, how do you actually ensure the circular economy, it will put a lot more pressure on them to be more innovative in terms of, you know, taking the, the product back to source and looking at recycling and reuse. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the sustainable de- de- development goals, uh, for me as a layman, a lot like uh, uh, the fancy, beautifully written South African constitution, uh, well, you know, well written, but uh, sometimes uh, dismal at uh, execution. And, and, and having said that, some of the things, that, what are some of the things that still hamper uh, SPP, despite all of the many commitments and the beautiful words uh, that are written around it? Uh, what are the things that 
hamper, um, you know, the SPP uh, in, in spite of the commitments that have already been made? Absolutely. I, I think there's, there's, I think the first thing is probably the, the misconception that uh, sustainable public procurement will be a lot more expensive. I think the initial thought is kind of, you know, the cost of any green product is far exceeds any, any other alternatives, which actually is, is, is not right. I mean, um, but it will require us to look at different types of costing models, um, mm. kind of looking at the whole life cycle cost of a product, mm. um, which again, requires us to kind of view our accounting systems differently and, and having longer term focus on it as well. So that's the one. And I think, again, the other one is, um, and I mean, you spoke to it beautifully when you spoke about the sustainable development goals, is how do you put purpose to action? Mm. And I think there you actually require capacity building activities. You require a huge amount of, of knowledge and you do require collaboration between the private and public sector. Um, between procurement practitioners, suppliers, um, environmental um, experts. Mm. Um, It it will definitely require a lot of expertise and knowledge to work together. And I think to to change the, I want to say, the procurement practitioner's role Mm -hmm. to something that like looks at products and services in a much more holistic way. And as we round off, um, is there a sort of exemplary success story that you can share with our listeners from anywhere in the African continent uh, of people that are already doing uh, great sustainable public procurement? In terms of sustainable public procurement, there's a lot being done at the moment in, in Europe, and a lot is actually being done in developing specific specifications for specifically the infrastructure built and maintenance environment. And that's something that South Africa will have to focus on as well. If you look at the amount of money that we are planning to spend within the next coming years in terms of building and maintaining infrastructure, I think just for the Hauteng Provincial Government, it's about $60 billion, and that they're looking at over the next five years. I mean, you consider that the built environment is responsible for nearly 40% of energy and process-related um, emissions. It needs to be a key focus, I think, at a national and a global level. Well, I hope uh, we make it. And uh, because, uh, you know, it's not just, it's no longer just for us, you know, there's generations of, uh, of, of that are, that are coming. Uh, and we need to make sure that uh, we, we, you know, we attain the goal, uh, goal number 12 and all other goals that we commit to, but particularly goal number 12, uh, so that uh, they have a, a brighter future. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, the Sustainable Development Goals is designed to almost be the blueprint to achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. And that does mean that we need to think about the the next coming generations as well. Fantastic. Thank you for your time, Christelle. Thank you so much for inviting. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Christelle Murray is a sustainability lead at IQ Business. How green are you uh, in your business? So we come back uh, to talk uh, in uh, Money Smart Week, uh, uh, the important financial decisions that you need to make where insurance is concerned. Solani Baloi is who we're going to have a conversation with. You're listening to The Viewpoint on SAFM. It's 8.32.